Good evening, everybody, and welcome to It Came From Beyond the Mic. I'm your host, Cortez. And today, before we actually get into the movie that will be the topic for this episode, I just want to say you probably noticed last week that I changed some audio settings. So the episode last week was actually louder than it had been before. I'm going to be keeping that setting because I think that that helps a lot, makes the episodes a lot easier to be listened to, which is just a benefit for you, the audience, and myself, honestly. It was bothering me because I thought I was doing good with the first two episodes, but then I was like, wow, these are actually very hard to listen to. I'm going to change that. So that will be a permanent change now so that the episodes are easier to listen to. They are louder, therefore easier to listen to. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. Today, we're talking about Driller Killer, which this is a movie... This is going to sound weird. This is a movie that I found refreshing to watch because I'd seen it before and I, I actually liked it when I saw it for the first time, but I haven't seen it in like two or three years. So I kind of forgot a lot of details, but I just knew that I liked this movie and it's it's sort of a slasher movie, but it's it's really weird and it's kind of generous to call it a horror movie as well because it's more of a drama thriller kind of thing, but I totally would think of it as a slasher film and I'll explain why, but. The reason that I told you guys to remember the theme of art from last week, because remember with Murder Party, that was a movie about artists who were trying to kill a man for the sake of art. This movie, Driller Killer, is about an artist. His name is Reno. Reno Miller is his full name. I'm just going to call him Reno. It's about an artist named Reno, and his struggles with creating art and generating revenue from his art is what this whole movie is about. And the stresses that, you know, are brought on by trying to, trying to live, honestly. These characters are cool because we got Reno, he's an artist, and then he has two girlfriends, so he's in a polyamorous relationship. There's his blonde girlfriend, Pamela, and then there's his brunette girlfriend named Carol. And Pamela is kind of a party girl, she's like a drug addict, and she's a groupie of a band that we'll get to. And then there's Carol, and it's not really explained what she does, I actually went on Wikipedia for this one because there's a lot of details that are omitted in the movie. Like, for the longest time, they don't even tell you Pamela's name until like way later in the movie or something i don't know if i just missed details because this movie is it came out in 1979 same as halloween did but it's not a classic by any means so efforts to preserve it i think have gone by the wayside so people don't really there's not really a good way to watch this in high quality with good audio so when i watched it the audio was a little hard to hear but I understood what was going on for the most part. From Wikipedia, though, I did learn that Carol, I think, was a former flight attendant. So I think both Carol and Pamela are unemployed, and Reno is the breadwinner with his art. He's a, he's a painter, to explain what kind of an artist he is. He's a painter who's currently working on his masterpiece, and his masterpiece is a giant painting of a buffalo, and it's, it's a pretty... It's a relatively beautiful piece. It's just very... It's just a nice painting of a buffalo with some orange accents on it. It's kind of interesting. Kind of weird, almost. But he's clearly troubled, as we can tell early on in the film, because he has he has violent thoughts. He has violent dreams, and then also violent thoughts in the day-to-day. So the reason that he's creating a masterpiece is because he owes it to an art exhibitor that I guess, I don't know if commissioned him or what, but art exhibitor is paying him to make this piece, presumably for an exhibit, and he's late on it. I guess he's continuously late on this thing so he's getting more and more loans from the art exhibitor until the art exhibitor cuts him off so he has no more money to make this painting rent is due as well his landlord is a fucking asshole landlords are parasites by the way just want to drop that in there uh do a little hot take in the middle of my horror podcast landlords fuck off anyway speaking of the landlord i'd like to introduce another character his name is well his name is tony but like 
his stage name for his band is Tony Coca-Cola. So I'm going to call him Tony Coca-Cola because that is like the best fucking name ever. And when I when I first watched this movie with my friends, one of the one of the things that really got us was the fact that the dude's name was Tony Coca-Cola. Like we we just lost our fucking minds. We were like, "Oh my god, it's Tony Coca-Cola." Yo, and we just we just thought he was very funny. We we enjoyed the character a lot. And Tony Coca-Cola is a really chill guy. He's the lead of a band called Tony Coca-Cola and the Roosters, I believe. And Pamela is the groupie of Tony Coca-Cola and the Roosters, which is just a detail. She's not in the band, she's just a fan. So Tony Coca-Cola's relevance to the story is he moves in in the apartment, presumably above where Reno and his girlfriends live. And they start playing music, you know, practicing for their band for, you know, gigs and whatnot, because bands play gigs, because bands need money, whatever, fuck it. So they're practicing upstairs above them, and they do it in the wee hours of the night, and it gets Reno, you know, upset because he's trying to work on his masterpiece, but he's up late at night hearing this uh, loud rock and roll music above him. So understandably, he gets mad, but he doesn't actually get mad at Tony Coca-Cola in the gang. He never barges in like an asshole. He does, however, complain to the landlord, but the landlord is such a dick. He's like, it's not my problem. They don't bother me. Fuck you. Honestly, fuck the landlord. I like, okay, I, spoilers for everything that I talk about on this podcast i should have said that earlier in the movie or i should have said that earlier in the podcast i apologize i try to remember to do that but i forget sometimes i'm only human sorry so spoilers the landlord never gets what's coming to him and that that sucks to me because when i watch this again you know i forget who dies or how they die whatever but i was hoping that the landlord would get drilled or killed because because the landlord's a fucking prick really and he has a dumb red beanie i want to smack it off his head so Reno's agitated state from, you know, staying up all night and all these things, they get his mind going and it gets his violent thoughts going again, to the point where he finally acts upon them and he equips his, his trusty electric drill and he goes out into the streets and he starts, he kills anyone really that he can get his hands on, but it feels like he mostly kills homeless people. And it's weird because he, it's not even like he hates homeless people because he's friends with a lot of homeless people actually, because he studies them for... I guess anatomy somewhat, but he uses them as subjects in some of his arts. There's scenes shown where he's, like, talking to homeless people, socializing with them, and is also drawing drawing other people in his sketchbook from, like, I don't know, across the street or something. He's just... It's weird. So I don't know why he kills homeless people. I guess because they're in the streets sleeping at night, so it's just whoever he can get his hands on. He, he driller kills. I like I like calling it a driller kill, because it's a driller killer movie. It's so, it's so silly, but that that's actually what drew me to this movie when I first heard about it was the fact that he uses an electric drill to kill people i don't know why i found that so fascinating i think it's because i've played a lot of hotline miami 1 and hotline miami 2 but i i've played a lot of hotline miami and one of the masks in hotline miami 1 is it's a grasshopper or locust what have you and the ability of the mask quote unquote, the ability quote unquote is that you get a drill which the drill doesn't kill people but when you execute people with it it's like a special thing so i think that got me like excited and interested in the idea of killing people with the drill which i'm not a serial killer obviously i'm just talking about movies where people media and stuff where people die whatever so uh you know no, no reason to be alarmed but i just found it fascinating because because it's it's outlandish but it's also extremely brutal so i think that's what is so amusing about the idea I think the best part from this movie, though, in my opinion, I think my favorite scene is the most, I'd say it's the most exciting, almost, because Reno takes his two girlfriends, and they decide to go out and see 
I think it's Tony Coca-Cola's first show. I don't know. It's one of their shows. They decide to go out and see one of their shows. And both of his girlfriends are vibing to it. You know, Pamela, Carol, they're both chilling on the dance floor or whatever, listening to the music, having a good time. But Reno, however, he's like, ah, oh, the music's too loud for me. I can't handle it. So he leaves. And when he leaves, he goes on a driller killer murder spree. And it's just, the reason that it's most entertaining to me is because it's, it's, it's where most of the kills happen in the movie, so therefore it's most interesting because it's a slasher movie. That's what you're here for is the kills. So he's basically like jumping out of nowhere in the streets and just like tackling people, drilling their heads, drilling their arms, drilling their guts out and shit like that. There's no guts that hang out, but it's it's fairly tame. But the best like kills from this whole scene are there's a guy at a bus stop and he like drills him in the spine, like right in the back. And, like, that's pretty gratuitous. And then immediately after that, he, like, drills a sleeping guy right in the head. And it's, it's pretty fucked up. But this movie's from 79, so it's not even, like, super graphic. But I actually want to talk about the graphic stuff. Because this movie was so, I guess, re- repugnant, so gross, that it got labeled as video nasty. Which, if you're unaware of what a video nasty is, it's kind of like... I guess it's a movie that a board of film critics or something like that, a film writing board or something, found so violent so repugnant whatever blah 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 that they felt the need to label it as a video nasty which puts it on a ban list so this movie i f- again i found all this from the wikipedia normally i don't look up wikipedia stuff when it comes to these i'd like to talk from my own experiences with the film but i just felt like i needed to fill in some gaps here i had the idea that this movie was a video nasty but i'd like to fill in the gaps for people who don't know what a video nasty is so this movie was put out in 79 and i think the ban on it started in 84 it was said, and then it ended in the 90s, so it is no longer a banned film, but I think it was only banned in the the United Kingdom, but I just felt like that was some interesting history with the movie to bring up. I'm sure I'll cover more video nasties in the future, because I'll probably get to Cannibal Holocaust at some point, because that's a controversial film, and I've actually seen a couple videos on it, but I'd like to see it for myself and 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 take what I can from Cannibal Holocaust, but that's neither here nor there. I want to talk about Driller Killer now, damn it. Anyway, getting back to the scene that I like where he's killing all the people, it's also just really good because you hear Tony Coca-Cola's band playing over the whole sequence, and it just makes it really entertaining. The music's great. The scene is great. It's frantic. It's violent. It's fun. This movie is kind of fun in a weird way. It's... I'll, I'll explain myself and my thinking of this movie. I'd like to say it's a guilty pleasure, but I've only seen this movie twice now in my life. But I acknowledge that I like this movie. But I also acknowledge that it's not a great movie. And I think that's what's so fun, what makes it so fun, is that it's not great. Because this movie came out the same year as Halloween, so there was no precedent for what a slasher film should be like. There was only, like, a vague name for it, a slasher. And it's just people die, people get killed by someone or something. And that's kind of the idea. So that's what I like about this movie, is that it's so loose in what it does. That and Pamela is a a very, very attractive woman. She's so cute. Actually, speaking about that, so forgive me if I sound like a weirdo. I'm not here to fetishize lesbians in the slightest. I just, there is a shower scene shared between Pamela and Carol, and it's just a very sweet scene. It's very short, and I'm sure it was put in the movie to be kind of exploitative, like, oh, look, here's like two lesbians kissing in the shower. Isn't that hot? But I don't know. I just found it to be a very sweet scene, and it's just, it's like half an hour in. And it's just there. It's not bad. I don't know. I kind of want to mention that. Sorry if I sound like a fucking weirdo. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a weirdo. 
So after this whole bombastic kill scene that I like so much, Tony Coca-Cola then comes into Reno's apartment and asks him to paint a portrait of Tony Coca-Cola himself. So he commissions him. Reno asks for $500, but then Tony Coca-Cola lowers it to $420. I only mention this because 420 is a funny number, and I just want to emphasize how cool of a guy Tony Coca-Cola is. Nothing bad happens to him, thankfully, so that's pretty sweet. After this scene with Tony Coca-Cola, we get a scene where we actually get to see a little bit more of an interesting drill kill, which is fun because we get to see how, I don't know, the director or whatever had the idea to like make the idea of killing someone with a drill a little bit more interesting. Because he gets another homeless guy, and he, I think he gets screws... And he uses screws and, like, drills them into the dude's hand and, like, drills them against a wall so his, like, hand is, like, stuck. And he does that to both his hands. And then he eventually just disembowels him with the drill. But I just... That's, like, the only, like, more creative kill. Not that I dislike any of the other kills. They're very straightforward. He just sticks a drill in someone in somewhere in their body and they they die because he's drilling them to death. But I just think the screw one is kind of funny because it's... It's a little creative and it's, it's just a little silly. So I just wanted to bring that one up because that was, it's kind of funny, honestly. So, <laughs> and we get a very important part in the movie where the art exhibitor comes back. The art exhibitor actually comes into Reno's house, sorry, Reno's apartment to like see how the masterpiece is going. And the art exhibitor looks at it and he's like, this is shit. This is worthless. This is terrible. It's just a dumb fucking picture of a buffalo. I hope I mentioned prior that this was a painting of a buffalo. Anyway, so the exhibitor finds it very stupid. He's like, fuck you, this isn't worth anything, I'm leaving. And he leaves, and Carol freaks the fuck out, because basically this means we're not getting paid, we're not paying rent, we can't stay in the apartment, we're fucked. And Carol leaves to go be with an ex that was mentioned prior, but it wasn't really important, it was just kind of like thrown in there. So she leaves to go to be with her ex, Steven, is his name. And it's like, oh fuck, Serena's fighting to try and get Carol to stay but she's not having it and she leaves and it's it's kind of sad and it's weird because Reno's been a dick to her like a lot of the movie. He hasn't been mean to Pamela, but he yells at Carol like a lot. So it's like, it's like, okay, I see why this is sad, but also Reno's, Reno's like an asshole because he's very, uh, very violent in his outbursts, literally in some situations. Ha ha ha. And for the finale, this all comes to a head. Reno invites the art exhibitor to come back into the apartment. He says, listen, I have something new, something that you'll like, something fresh for the exhibit. The art exhibitor says, okay. And then Reno, I respect this so much because Reno puts on makeup, like lipstick, I think it was eyeliner, and I think some other sort of face makeup, I'm not quite sure. Reno puts on makeup as he lures the, ex- the art exhibitor back into his apartment. And he puts on makeup just so he can kill the guy. And I think that's so badass. Basically, he lures the art exhibitor back and then drills him against like the front door. But he drills him so forcefully that like the drill bit goes through the door and it's really badass and it's just the art exhibitor get gets what he deserves because he's an asshole a lot of the characters are assholes in this movie which is weird except for tony coca-cola for the final bit of this movie we have pamela she finds the dead exhibitor and she freaks out reno grabs her and it's implied that he kills her and then we see steven and carol like living their life where they where carol ran away from reno and they're like, oh man, I missed you so much, I'm glad to be with you again. It's like, alright, cool, where's this gonna go? Carol's like, I'm gonna go take a shower. And Steve's like, okay, cool. Then we see Reno kill Steve while Carol is in the shower. 
and very cleverly, Reno hides in Steve's bed, and then Carol comes into the room. And it's it's actually really creepy, and it's not what I expected, because I totally forgot this ending, but the last thing we get of this movie is just Carol talking to Reno without him responding in total pitch blackness. The screen is entirely black, and she's like, come on, Steve, come closer. Oh, you're warm. Come close to me. And I totally expected to hear, like, the drill noise start up, implying that, you know, he would have killed Carol, but it's nothing. It's literally just her, like, talking to a man that she thinks is Steve, and it makes it all the more creepy, and I just like the way it ends. I thought it would be a little bit more rewarding if we heard the drill noise. It's like, ah, damn, he he driller killed her. Ah, cool. But I I respect the creepy route that it kind of took, where it's just like, yeah, we're pretty sure he killed her, but you don't get to hear it. Same way where Pamela's death is off screen. So I guess they both of the lead actresses get that treatment as the off screen implied death, which is not a bad thing. Moderately respectful, I guess. So that's Driller Killer in a sense. Is it's just it's this weird movie about an artist who's pushed by by a need to come up with money. You know, by he's pushed around by asshole people. Because even Carol is, Carol's like mean to him. She's like pushing him. She's like, "Is the masterpiece done already?" She's she's trying to rush art, and you can't rush art. So I think it's very much a movie about you know the pressures of society, as well as how unfortunate it is to monetize your art. And I'm sure artists out there understand what I mean, because sometimes monetizing your art is rewarding but also at the same time can jeopardize your passion for the work because it's like am i just doing it for the money you know i it honestly it depends who you are i'm not going to speak for everyone i don't want to talk on my ass and offend somebody very very much the last thing i want to do is to upset anyone but i think that's what this movie is about and i like it so that's why i kind of wanted to just talk a little bit about murder party in this movie because i'm like it's art it's about art ahaha you know Got a little little thing there, but um, I think that's all I have to say about this thing. It's it's a weird movie. Feel free to watch it. I felt good watching it again. It was like I said at the very beginning of this this episode. I found it refreshing. I was very happy to watch this movie again. In fact, I like this movie so much that I actually own a T-shirt of it. I I totally wanted to talk about this. Sorry, I just want to shoehorn this in because I'm a jackass. I managed to find. I was at a. It was the Halloween convention 40th anniversary for the the Halloween series, the movie series, because they were celebrating it for not only the new Halloween movie coming out, but I guess it was the 40th year anniversary of the Halloween franchise last year in 2018. But I managed to find a Driller Killer t-shirt there, and I about lost my mind on the inside. I was like screaming inside because I, I didn't know if Driller Killer was very well known or not. I just know that I had seen it. So it was really cool to see a t-shirt of it, so I copped that immediately. So I have a t-shirt of this movie, that's how much I like it. I just wanted to share that, I'm very happy to own that piece of merchandise. (laughs) Anyway, I'll quit rambling about things that are not about movies. I hope you all enjoyed, thank you so much for watching. I was your host Cortez, this was It Came From Beyond the Mic, and I hope you all have a lovely evening. Thank you.